Hey everyone, this is Josh with Spurgeon Maniacs to share how you guys can partner with us. First off, thank you to everyone who has been listening to our show and to those of you that came to our conference. We are gearing up to expand what we do for you guys, but we need your help. Go on over to patreon.com forward slash Spurgeon Maniacs. We would love to have your support to continue doing this podcast, conferences, and so much more as we grow. Also, give this podcast a five-star review on Apple or Google Podcasts. That's how more and more people are going to find what we're doing over here. Lastly, come find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and don't forget to email us at podcast at spurgeonmaniacs.com. Now, here is your episode. Charles Spurgeon was a man that God used, and millions are still being impacted by his kingdom work. As we examine his life and ministry, we hope to strengthen today's church and bring glory to Christ. My name is Joel Littlefield, lead pastor of New City Church in Bath, Maine, and I'm joined by my brother in Christ, Josh Whitney. Welcome to the Spurgeon Maniacs podcast. jump on but it like never got above three but they were that was just what you said oh we're good we're still waiting for everyone to get yeah, on we're here just waiting for all these greg uh, i see you there <laughs> ah cool it's good to see you man hey mom glad you're with us today mom <laughs> all right now that we're up to seven let's uh let's get going <laughs> oh my word yeah this well, is great <clears throat> Please hey, don't ask me how I'm doing. Yeah, we're not no, doing no. that. We're yeah, not no, doing no, no, how you doings? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I don't just even assume care you're about doing your great. Life. We're fine. Yeah. Let's get down to business. Yep, we're happy to, to be. defeat we're, the Huns. Can I? Can I? I'm just. Gonna, what do you say? Nothing. It's not important. So, we're uh, Josh and I were just talking about um, what we want the Spurgeon Maniacs podcast to be and sound like and look like and. We're uh, fully aware that we are a new podcast, and we're appreciative of everybody who listens. And um, but uh, if you guys could just pray for us, <clears throat> if you are a listener, pray for us to have wisdom on what to do with this with this show and how to make it um, better and uh, glorifying to God. And so mm-hmm. I don't know. We're gonna maybe in the next few weeks have some. Things to talk about, announcements, changes, but we could use your prayers. For sure. I'm, I'm grateful for the for the few who listen. I really am. It says the average is, I don't know, it guesses at the subscription. I don't know, 38 or something like that, subscribers. Oh, yeah. It, it just kind of guesses based on the downloads each time. Right. Because once you hit subscribe, it automatically yeah. downloads And, and I say that with no shame, man. No, that's uh, great. We, uh, those 38 we people. We have over 2,500 downloads. It's pretty cool. I'm happy with that too. But so thank you guys for, genuinely for listening. But we are, we try to listen to feedback and on the group, uh, the group 
the private group, we hear some feedback there. And we we're tr- we try to weigh all that out. We don't listen to everybody equally, but <laughs> <laughs> we do what try. What we listen to is specific feedback. Yeah, not just opinions. Like, yeah, I don't to like say, that like, you do I don't this. know. Yeah. It's like, well, that's I appreciate you saying that, but that doesn't help me. Yeah. <laughs> like, do, we if it's bad criticism, right? I want to know it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to. You don't have to tell us how great we are because that doesn't help either. Sure. Like, oh, I love it. Thanks. So what, I want to just. Part? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what I do appreciate, I want to just. I'll give a shout out to Pat McNeil. I you see Pat McNeil's in the group. I don't know who he is. I've never met him. I don't know where he lives. Classic um, Pat. But uh, he had a great, great question. He clearly listened to the episode and he said, "Hey, I wonder how old Jesus was when he realized he was who he was." I'm like, oh, man, this guy actually listened to the show, mm-hmm. and he had just a good conversation, good feedback, good top, and it was great. Thank you, Pat, for listening and just being uh, – just thinking about Christ because <laughs> that's what the so show is – this is what this is that's about. What, that's what it's for. So anyway, without further ado, ado <laughs> we're uh, – let's dive into our topic, man. Yeah, so we are – Sermon 21, we started jumping a little bit. Yeah. It's a big book. It's this big. is volume one of seven. Is it seven? It's, I think it's seven. Volume one of seven. And uh, I don't think we plan to go through all the volumes, let alone all of this yeah. volume. But so it's if, a nice way to go through some of Spurgeon's content, especially yep. things that maybe not everyone is used to because it is, you know, it's his lost sermons and not lectures to my students yep. or his uh, published sermon series. This one came out. A lot more recently than than the rest. So, yeah. and it's been good, it's good. But I just don't want to be too uh, redundant. Um, there was a, a sermon in there about adoption. We have talked about adoption. There's more about Christ and his and salvation, God's sovereignty. We definitely could talk about God's sovereignty, um, but we sort of have talked about that when we talked about election and regeneration. So today we're looking at sermon number 21 and it is making light of Christ and what's really crazy about this which we have found more than once in these sermons is in the little notes that we find that tell us about he, these transcripts or these uh, these outlines of his sermons because that's what they are they're not full manuscripts they're outlines as we find that this outline is original to the English Puritan and minister at Kidderminster Who's from Kidderminster? You read his book. I did. There's only one. I only know of Richard Baxter. Yeah, that's it. So this sermon's (laughs) original outline, this original outline is something that Spurgeon got and took from Richard Baxter. He's not a plagiarizer because he gave him credit. He does. He does say this is from Richard Baxter, but he would take this outline and he did preach from it. So we know that a a 45 minute to an hour Spurgeon sermon is is not coming from all that Richard Baxter said. But anyway, it's just kind of mm-hmm. interesting. But the text that he's uh, drawing from, and I'll just mention that briefly, he says, but, and this is Matthew 22, 5, but they made light of it and went their way, one to his farm and another to his merchandise. Do you have the text pulled up by any chance? Yeah, it's right there. No, no, no. I mean like the, the context of the text because the, te- the context, context is everything. Text. Is context. everything. But this is going to give us an opportunity to talk about, yeah, the people who make light of Christ. Um, Spurgeon goes into several details with his outline. He has four major subheadings, and all of them help us to really look at how do people make light of Christ, um, what exactly are people making light of when they do, um, what causes that sin. So this 
should be able to have some good things to have people think about. So mm-hmm. what, what is the what is the the greater? It's the parable of the wedding feast. So their announcement uh, to go out uh, that they went out like, hey, it's finally time. And the people who are invited were like, oh, they made light of it. Oh, no, I got to go back to my farm, and my business. Yeah. Yep. That's a problem. That is a problem. That is a very relevant thing mm-hmm. right now and at, in every age all the time. Nope. You just heard it from, did you see that, uh, not Kevin D. Young, but Kevin Young tweet that Brandon, uh, Brandon Dyer has shared and then I shared it? No. Uh, yes. Yeah. Now, that, now I know what you're talking about, where he says, if I'm given the option between loving Jesus and if, loving my neighbor? Was well, something like that. Or what it say? following the Bible oh. contradicts with loving my neighbor, I'm going to pick loving mm-hmm. my neighbor. Wow. Like, <laughs> oh, really? We should have him on the show. We should, let's find him. Brandon Dyer? No. No, Kevin Young. Yes. That'd be fun. We'll pretend like we're really big fans. We love <laughs> And then we'll talk about this. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> no. God, no. No. Yeah. Um, so let's take one let's take one bullet point at a time and see where this leads. I like it. All right. So what men make light of, Jesus as reconciler, Spurgeon draw this, draws this out, Jesus as reconciler, Jesus as mediator, redeemer, sustainer, intercessor. These are the things that men make light of. Um, it's true. Um, mm-hmm. I guess what we should do is, is say how. Like, yeah. Think about how. How do men make light of Jesus? Who is it that does this? So... Is this non-believers, believers? Who are we talking about? Um, yeah. How do men? How how would men make light of Jesus today? What are we? Maybe what, what do we see in the church today that maybe uh, people are making light of? Uh, apathy. They. Mm. So it's it's making light of like the weightiness of the message itself. So yeah. Jesus can reconcile you to the Father. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, that's pretty good. And yeah. then you just kind of like, that, that's bad. Like someone can do a really cool magic trick. It's like, ah, yeah. sweet. When not even understanding, like how, how can, like Exodus says, uh, how can one be made right before the father? Mm-hmm. I, I will by no means forgive the unwicked. It's like, how, how can that happen then? How can Jesus reconcile us to the father if, if none can become righteous? Mm. So Christians are making, so Christians make light? So that would be one, yeah. I guess that's one side, is Christians make light of Christ by not un- understanding what it means to be reconciled. I was just listening to an Ask Pastor John where they talked about uh, this Calvinist who doesn't understand the way, is starting to think arrogantly, and he doesn't want to, but arrogantly of like what it means to become elect. And so he's saying it's not that God... I think we'd all understand that God didn't choose us and that makes us really special. Mm. What we need to understand is I'm, st- I still sin. I'm still a sinner <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's what we need. It's so we need to, Christians need to remember we've been reconciled mm. by the son and we need to not make light of that. So that would be the Christian side of it. Yeah. And you can do the same thing with mediator, redeemer, sustainer. All those are salvific things. Yeah. And Priest, so, yeah. Lover intercessor and then point two in that same subheading men make light of the gospel and its blessings 
Men make light of salvation, forgiveness, justification, God's love and favor, his promises. They make light of adoption. So there's a lot of different things that he brings up, <clears throat> but the, the, where it gets, uh, I guess, application comes in, where it really begins to get weighty is how we do this. So that's actually his second point. So, and uh, if we take all of these, reconciler, like you just mentioned, but let's go, let's go to the next one. How do men make light of the mediator? Well, his first point is this, by hearing without attention. That's huge. Like you could even just take that in a, a Sunday morning sermon context. Are you making light of what you are hearing about Christ and his word, the mediator's word, by hearing it, it's going in your ear, but you're really not giving it attention. That's that's a that's a sinful act of making light of something amazingly holy. Mm. So what is making light? Like what is let's define it. What does it mean to make light of something? Uh to not give it its due uh due worth to make light of it. Yeah. yeah. To call it maybe not to call it, but to treat it as insignificant. You might say God is holy. But if you make light of it, you're not living your life like he's holy. Which is the true yeah. taking the Lord's name in vain. True. Like that's, true. that's more what was being referred to in the commandment than, yeah. uh, than saying OMG. Yeah. Which yeah. Still, I, is still not recommended. True. Yeah. Well, you just said it. But I, didn't, I didn't say If you confess yet. your sin, you are, he is faithful and just. So how do we make light? Uh, like if I were to make... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, let me make light of this polar seltzer that I have in my hand. It's not refreshing no. <laughs> and delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I just take a or sip. Or pour it out. And there's no reaction at all. Mm. Okay, that actually is really... Okay, here's an example. <clears throat> my wife or your wife. Well, we either one. We have wives. We have wives. Let's say they, they, they work hard to cook something. Ooh, I know. Yep. You know where I'm going yep. with this? Yep. We come home. Yep. We've worked hard, but so have they. Yeah, they've been at home. They made a meal. Kids, laundry, Kids, they whatever, clean, whatever. Like they, dogs, they had a super productive day. Anxieties of the day, yeah. but they made this meal, and they actually made it for me or you. They, they knew they what your favorite dish was. You sit down at the table, you take a bite, and you say nothing. Mm. You do nothing. That's wouldn't that would is that making light? Do you have salt? <laughs> <laughs> would you pass the salt? Is there any? gravy for this ketchup please ketchup <laughs> that would be the thing right there yeah. Um, yeah. i seem to remember us referencing something like this in episode two or something like that for some reason i just had this this familiar thought but okay, that might be so think about this mm. as you're listening to this what is it that you are what you, what is something that you're making light of yeah when it comes to the savior christianity your bi mm. your bible how do people make light of the Bible these days. Mm. Not well. Not read it. Would be the leave it on the one. shelf. Leave it on the shelf. Yeah. To think, especially too, how recent in Christian history people are even able to have a fully completed Bible. It's not. It's, it's not that old. Like of a tradition of Christians sure. being able to possess a Genesis yeah. through Revelation book, like of the Bible. So that would be giving attention to it. Yeah. You're not just hearing it. You don't like, oh, yeah, the Bible exists. You're giving attention to it. You're like, here's what the Bible is. Mm. It is God's word preserved for us. If you notice, like he follows this train of thought, like by hearing without attention, 
by attending without feeling is his next point. Mm -hmm. So you could attend to it, but then you have no feeling for it. You could even follow that dinner Mm -hmm. table analogy a little bit more and be Mm -hmm. like, well, yeah, I acknowledge you made this meal for me. It's like Jim, Jim and Pam. And they're like, they're like, I acknowledge that you, when they're having their counseling and they're like, I appreciate, I appreciate your, sacrifice. Your, your sacrifice. You just say it, but no feeling. No feeling. Like when Pam says it to Jim hanging up on his colleagues. Exactly. And that's, anyways. Anyway. <laughs> See what happens when we're unscripted? Stop talking so much. Oh, man. Off the deep, off the deep end. I can't even say deep end. So by refusing <clears throat> to love God supremely, be the next one as far as. So elaborate on that a little bit. What do you think? I don't think any of us can love God supremely. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that might be a great place to start is understanding our need for the Savior, understanding the need for the Holy Spirit. Uh, But even still, refusing to to love the same way you would love your spouse or your father or your closest friend. Uh, You never call, never spend time with, never commune, never ask of anything. I think every friendship you should be asking of something. Yeah. And so if you never ask your friend for anything, they probably wouldn't feel useful. So I guess that, that being in a human sense, all of those things should be applied towards the father. Like the father wants us to ask of him. Do you listen to Michael Britt's episode on prayer? No. A couple weeks ago? It was really good. Oh, I don't know if he listens to ours, but Britt, I'm sorry. I have not listened to yours in a while, but I do like his style a Me lot. Me either. I, I Wait, you, you too or you either? Me, me I as said, well? I said, I do like his style. You said, me oh, either. Oh, before that. <laughs> before that, when you said you haven't listened to it in a oh, while. Okay. Me either. That was funny. But I started listening to it recently again, and I, and I, I came do. across Don't you appreciate how he does it? For sure. I wish Very I had well done. his demeanor. Good job, Michael, yeah. Michael Scott. <laughs> good job, me Michael You're falling apart. <laughs> no, no. That's not falling apart. We're calling him Michael Scott? No. That's <laughs> part of, that's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. It's in the script. Same we Michael believe Brent the sovereignty of God. Yes. <laughs> Providential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anyway, you listened to his episode on Yes. And uh just talking about like the the Hebrew word the originally going for prayers to ask. Like that's what I guess the Hebrew nice. word originally means is to ask. So I was just making that correlation between how the how we can love God supremely is when we communion with him but ask things of him like he wants to be a part mm-hmm. of our walk and we need him to be part of our human walk with, with god so that was point three refusing to love god supremely i like i like the point that you made that we can't actually do that supremely but we shouldn't refuse it that we, is yeah. that is making light of it to a greater degree than not hearing it but hearing it without attention attention without feeling and then just refusing to love God supremely. The fourth thing he mentioned here is non-compliance with gospel terms. I'm curious exactly what he means there in his thought process or where he went with this. Non-compliance. But non-compliance. So you're not complying with the terms of the gospel. Oh, yeah. like a terms of an, a contract. Yeah. Like or, that kind of meaning of the word. Sure. Yeah, or like you're just you're not complying to... The gospel of grace. Mm-hmm. So that would be making light of Christ that you're making your, the gospel is something different than what it truly is. The terms that God has set forth are specific and they're good and they're, they're perfect and they're right 
for, for the soul, for the believer, for salvation, for sanctification is a gospel of grace. And so not complying with those things can be making light of it, adding works, um, not believing that the gospel is enough or sufficient, um, not complying, mm-hmm. not complying. I don't know. Would you add anything else? What else? How, how would you interpret that? No. So the gospel itself, the gospel is grace. Yeah. The gospel doesn't, I don't know if I want to say that, mm. but the gospel is grace. And yeah. so I, I think that's one way we often try to add, try to add the ability to work it out because it says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So we take that and be like, all right, yeah. time to put in the work to earn God's grace. Like, well, no, no, not quite. Right. Uh, we need to, I think Christians need to rest in Christ more often. I think that thought needs to be pushed out more or fle- fleshed out more what it means to rest, rest in Christ understand grace stop trying to work your way because you're just going to work yourself to the bone and and at the end of it all is uh denial right and failure and uh, folly you need to understand grace more it's true think about what he says here in the context of matthew 22 in light of point four that he makes the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Noncompliance. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves, my fat calves (laughs) have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding. But they paid no attention. Hmm. I mean, he could have gone a lot of places here with that non-compliance of the gospel because what he's saying here is it's all been made ready. Mm-hmm. I've set the table. I've killed the calf. It's all ready. Just come to the wedding feast. Mm-hmm. That's a amazing picture of the readiness of God the Father to love us, the provision of Christ to serve us, and what he's giving us, the blessings that he has for us. So to reject that, turn away from that, is ultimate non-compliance yeah. the gospel and that's a a sad a sad situation mm. there's a joyful side to that so what 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 happens when you do comply oh you're given abundance you're given grace you're given freedom you're given uh sustenance you're given enjoyment of yeah. of the creator forever you're mm. given um sweet peace yeah mm. in his presence this fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. Just think about that because all you said satisfaction or sustenance, like he's literally saying, come to the wedding feast. There's yeah. food. You will be filled mm-hmm. and you will be joy. And it's a wedding. It's joy. Go to the wedding. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go to a wedding. It sounds like so much fun. But, the, but yeah. they would not come. They paid yeah. no attention and they went off. One to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized his servants. He didn't even get to that part. Like, yikes. They're even hostile. Treated them shamefully and killed them. Yeah. Uh, Why didn't Spurgeon go that far? (laughs) Like, you could... Yeah, but anyway, I'm sure in in this explaining of the text, he must have done that to give the context of it. Number five, he says, profession without possession is another way of making light of these great benefits of the gospel by profession without possession. Mm-hmm. What is that? What do you, yeah. 
Well, you know what profession is. I'll, I'll say profession. You, you, you say possession. <laughs> profession. <laughs> possession. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say was. Um, I'll, so I'll, say, I'll explain the profession side, and then you talk about the possession side. Yeah. And we'll put them together. Yeah. So the profession is good. So professing Christ. You profess that you believe. You profess that he is God. You profess that he is the one inviting you to the wedding. And, he, and you're the one. He's the one that you, you've come to. You've professed him as Lord and Savior and God and Creator mm. and Redeemer. That's the good side. But without possession, what is happening here? Profession without possession. What is profession without? Oh. Yeah. So I, yeah. Profession. That's the that's good, but what does he mean by without possession? I. Uh, not to throw only them under the bus, but like you have the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. You have a culture, an outward culture only of Christianity, without anything behind it, or as Jesus called the Pharisees and scribes, um, whitewashed tombs. You see it how beautiful and how intriguing it is on the outside, but on the inside is full of dead men's bones. There's a false life there. Mm. Um, But on the inverse of that, to have possession and profession is to that possession, um, Ephesians 1.11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, Mm. having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Um, it's everywhere. Ephesians is like the inheritance book. Um, Colossians, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So there, we, we are given everything with profession. That possession is, is everything. Mm. And to not have that as like a, a beggar standing outside of a mansion going like, hey, do you like my house? It's like, don't you belong inside? No. I, it's just enough to show you my beautiful house. Right. Is that yours? I'm in front of it, aren't I? <laughs> I like, yeah. that's, a, that's, that's a good analogy. Thank you. And thank you for Hebrews for giving us this wealth of a book that really just fleshes that out for us. Mm-hmm. That the, was Ephesians. Oh, I thought you said Hebrews. Oh, did I? Yeah. I may have. You said a Hebrews is a book about inheritance. Oh, Ephesians. Well, maybe we'll go back and we'll realize. <laughs> but there is I'm Hebrews wrong. nine fifteen. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive their promised eternal inheritance, right. since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Very, very, very good. Equal, equally as good e- as equally as Ephesians as. In inheritance wise <laughs> so so that's the fifth point in his how do they do it how do they make light and we should all be asking ourselves how do we make light of these amazing things um and then he moves on to the causes of this sin and i like the fact that he just is willing to cause it call it sin why why make light of the fact that it is what it is mm-hmm. if we are guilty of of making light of christ and the gospel call it what it is and so the causes of these sins, a couple of things he mentions is, is ignorance. Mm-hmm. So you might just not know. You really, you literally might just be like, uh, I don't, I don't know what, it, what I'm doing here. Um, foolishness. It's getting worse. It's, yeah. It's, it's getting worse. It's, it just went, it went, it just got pretty bad. <laughs> it's um, quickly foolishness. But it's still, 
it's still a little bit lighter than the next one, self-conceit. You know, like you are deceiving yourself. Um, what's your favorite one here? <laughs> My favorite one? <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite cause? I love this? carnality. <laughs> like, what do you... My favorite one. <laughs> did you just say you love? Car- I did That's not. What I'm I did like, not what's your say, favorite one? <laughs> I didn't say you had, to, had to love carnality. Uh, okay. What stands out? Like that's all I'm. Yeah. What stands out? Like uh, what? Uh, the hardness what of heart. To say? Number five. Yeah. Hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. Because uh, we see that when we. I think we mentioned it before a lot in the podcast. Other people say that, especially in America, America as a whole is under the judgment of God. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Romans 1, all of those bad things happen as a result mm. of being under the judgment of God. So to see like all, all, that whole list, slanders, adulterers, uh, all, um, men exchanging natural relations, all, that whole list comes after and all of that before you can read in Romans 1 is because of their hardness of heart leads then to their judgment and that judgment is all of these things because mm. our hearts have been so hard and away from the truth God says have at it this is what yeah. you want it's yours yeah uh, not the same thing but when he tells them like you want a king I'll give you a king yeah. <laughs> but do not turn away from me because when you do, all of this stuff will happen. Right. And then they do. They turn away from because they followed their king instead of mm. their God. So hardness of heart. Mm-hmm. Mm. He mentions, like you said, carnality. Well, you What's your do, favorite you one? Say, well, I don't love carnality. That's good. Um, <laughs> um, let me see here. He mentions thoughtlessness, presumption, common se- commonness of the gospel as another cause for that sin. That's in, that's an interesting point. Um, being a cause for the sin of making light, the commonness of the gospel. It'd be more like your Bible belt. That's like what you were meant, like how common it is. It's so common. Well, everybody calls everything the gospel. Yeah, it's, it's, it's common. So because of that, it's, um, I got a question for you. It's well, it's a, well, yeah, it's like, uh, you're not going to really value mm-hmm. things that you have g- great possessions of and an abundance of like you will that thing that's rare and precious to you and valuable. Mm-hmm. That one gem in your house. I don't have mm-hmm. any gems in my house, but you know, that one the whatever. Pearl of great price. I don't yeah. Yeah. The thing you yeah. would sell everything exactly to go get for. Right. Which yeah. Is the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are not the pearl of great price, no, Josh. I am I'm so fully sorry. aware of that. <laughs> yeah. And um, neither is the pearl of great price. Yes, exactly. The, the book. The yeah. book of uh, right. True. Yeah. Good point. Good that point. That is not the we pearl of great price. We are not advocating for that book. Um, but yeah, the commonness of the gospel, maybe, um, I don't know. I think that could be between that and, and ignorance and foolishness um, mm-hmm. are probably the, th- the two that seem to maybe stand out as most common in our circles and people that I might know of. If you're struggling against making light of these great things, um, it's probably one of those things. It's mm-hmm. just common to you. You've heard it a lot. You're not mm-hmm. driving yourself towards the gospel. You're not disciplining yourself to love it and value it and, and adore Christ and what he's continuing to do. Yeah. Um, these things that he mentioned at the top. So that's probably what I would say. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I've got two questions for okay. you. All right. Uh, in regards to the commonness of the gospel. Um, would you say 
that the Bible is the gospel. Is the Bible the gospel? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. And yes. <laughs> Does that make sense? So like <laughs> it's it's the good news and contained within it is mm-hmm. the more specific good news okay. of Jesus. Okay. So yes, I think it is. And I, yeah. Yeah, okay. but but the gospel that the that the disciples wrote about and that Jesus told us to preach is contained more specifically in areas okay. of the Bible. I get that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think if I said, hey, you need to believe the gospel, I'm not telling somebody, go believe the Bible. Sure. I'm telling them they need to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus contained gotcha. in the pages of the Bible. Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. Thanks for asking that. Well, so my second question oh, then yeah. is paired with that. Okay. Do you think the term, the gospel, is overused? I don't think it's used enough. Okay. In the right context, in okay. the right sense. I really don't. I think people use phrases far more. The things that are way overused are things like accept Jesus into your heart, mm. accept him as Lord and Savior, have mm-hmm. you prayed this prayer? Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's time for praise and worship. You know, like just mm-hmm. like these just cliche, overused uh, Christ, Christianese terms mm. yeah. and not. not it's like when you read the Puritan, it'd be like saying to the Puritans, do you think that the word um, Christ is overused? I mean, they love how much the Puritans say, they call Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the Christ, Christ, Christ. And you see it all through Puritans and the gospel. Um, like Matthew Henry, when he's doing a commentary on the Old Testament, he uses the words Christ, church, and gospel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he calls the believers in the Old Testament the church, hmm. because he sees it all as one bride. Like uh, that's what we're missing. That is the that right is use of the gospel. Okay. Uh, what do you? What would you say? So I was going to. I, I think I was going to say the same thing worded differently, because <laughs> I would say that. So I was thinking the term the gospel is overused, but only in the sense that I think people are misusing so maybe that was a better question do you think the term the gospel has been misused i guess that's probably a better way of asking what i was getting to yeah Yeah. oh yeah for sure i think yeah and that's a whole nother episode Whole episode. (laughs) bad preaching bad discipleship yeah um just people a generation of people being raised with a wrong understanding of the gospel yeah um yeah yeah, I'm just saying, like commonness of the gospel. Yeah, that's that is was a great completely point. misunderstanding what it tr- even is, which probably is the ignorance. And then when someone tells you, like, "Isn't the gospel precious?" and you're like, "I get, yeah, but I've already been saved." It's like, mm. well, I don't know if you understand it, <laughs> understand it fully. Then if if you think that it's been used already, right? Yeah. Oh, I used that potion already. I got. Right. I, I used gospel. Yeah. I'm. I'm on to other things now. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Don't go. Don't grow cold towards the gospel. Don't let it be an old, old, tired out towel, <laughs> blanket, <laughs> washed up, something. <laughs> am I doing? Am I making my point? I'm trying not to spit out my water. Don't. Don't spit out your I water. Took a sip. That's why. I only so, so mm-hmm. his, that was good. His fifth subheading, he really wraps it up with this. Fourth. Uh, <clears throat> uh, one, two, three, four. Yeah, fourth. 
he, this is the, the title of that section, inquiries whether some here are not guilty of it. So this is self-examination. Um, now we would say, let's, let's follow Baxter and Spurgeon's use of this outline, and we should probably be determining, is there any, any areas in our life where we're guilty of this? And so, number one, he says, those who think not much. <laughs> so, those who think not much. <laughs> those who think not much. <laughs> I think not much. Is this Yoda speaking? I mean, what are we talking about here? And I'm not, a Star, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I at all so let's not go there i could not reference anything else um <laughs> nor talk much <laughs> that's the second point nor much talk <laughs> why much talk what if you talk to Drake? <laughs> that's good that was awesome that was awesome yeah so these are questions that were at, like those who think not much nor talk much and then thirdly nor strive much any kind of is, mm. uh there's a progression here but um Self-examination. Wouldn't you say that's a key right now at this mm. moment in the episode? People listening should be thinking, and we, we're not absent of this. That, like, if we are guilty of this, if this sin is in our life of making light of Christ, we mm. need to know it and identify it and repent from it. Yeah. Um, yep. To think like, what? All right. So have I? Uh, have I been? Have I bursted out in anger or have I, um, uh, have I, you know, gossiped about somebody? Have I, um, been sexually immoral this week? You know, we kind of think of those big sins, but, but we need to think, yeah, to yeah. this point, like this whole thing, we need to think, are we, are we making light of Christ? Yeah. Are we making light of his sacrifice? Are we thinking about it? Are we meditating as we should? And the three things that he basically mentions are thinking, talking, and striving. So, mm. and then think about that in terms of just the gospel. Who is Christ? Think about this wedding invitation, mm. the, the immense yeah. blessing that he's calling us to. How much do you think about the gospel? How much do you think about and then talk about it? What mm. you love most, you're going to talk about. If you love your wife, you're going to talk about her to people. You're going to tell people how awesome she is, how much of a blessing she is. And you're going to tell her how much she's a blessing to you. Same thing with the gospel. If you love the gospel, you're going to talk about it. If you love sports or knives or ARs more than the, you're going to talk about those things. Hmm. And so that's one way to determine whether you're making light of it is how much of it is actually in your life. How much do you talk about it? Hmm. How much do you communicate about it? Yeah. What's that number four? Such as, <clears throat> such as will not give up sin. Boom. That's what it comes down to. Yep. So what was Boom. the sin in Matthew 22? Refusing the groom. Refusing, refusing the wedding party. Right. Yeah. Man, there's so much in that. Something else was more important. Yeah. Your farm. The farm, the merchandise. Killing your servants. Killing your servants. It's t like that's, I mean... Well, for that some, off? that is true. Like, to take yeah. that to what it's actually saying, like, I, I, what's more important to me is um, actually diminishing the work of God in my life so I can continue to sin. Hmm. You know, that would be a horrible extreme of, of, this, of this sin manifesting itself in ways that are where it looks like you've got a seared conscience and you are just cold to the gospel. Don't, don't go there. Don't be there, please. Mm. Um, but such as will not give up sin. That's really what it's coming down to. That's probably the, oh, I can't go to church. And if I came to church, the walls would cave in. Right. It's like, oh man, that's why you, that's why mm. you should come. 
That's yeah. what you should come. You should yeah. you should feel you should experience the grace of God. Yeah. Or rightly feel the condemnation on you so that you turn to the free gift of grace that that is there. And he says, love God supremely again. He brings that back up. Uh, Wish friends. That's point number six. It's just two words. Wish friends. And so I don't necessarily... Let's see if there's a note in here. Number 16. It just says... uh, that which, that which men highly esteem, they would help their friends too, as well as themselves. There you go. Yeah, so there is a little helpful note there. That which men highly esteem, they would help their friends to do as well. So yeah, wish that your friends would mm. have it. That's a good sign that you are running away from the sin and running towards Christ. You're going to bring your other friends to the wedding feast. Mm-hmm. You're like, let's go. Do you remember that pen, like pen and Teller? Uh, he did that quote. Oh, wait, He no. said that thing. So he, it was an interview or something, and he's talking about, I, he, he gives a story of, of people he knew who were Christian but never talked about it. He goes, how much do you have to hate somebody? If you think... I do remember that. Yeah. If it wasn't you, Penn and Teller. It was just Penn. Well, that's, why I, that's what I meant. I'm sorry okay. if I was confusing. I was thinking of a... Sh- you remember that bit they did? <laughs> right. Yeah, I was like... Oh, yeah. no, no, I do know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. He uh, he's like, how, mu- how much do you have to hate someone? If you firmly believe this, if you think that without it, that you're going to spend eternity in hell, how much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them about it? This coming from an atheist. Yeah. That was hard. It was hard to hear. Yeah. But basically he was saying, Christians, uh, I need you. If you're going to say and believe what you're saying, I need to see more of you proselytizing. Yeah. Don't, like, do you even believe what you say you believe? Mm-hmm. So... And Jordan Peterson, probably the most recent one. Mm. Not not saved, I don't right. think. Or at least he doesn't claim to be saved. He claims to appreciate God, which is maybe even further away from... <laughs> but uh, he did that video of uh, what the church needs, of what the Protestant church needs. Is that on... Uh, is it on Daily Wire? Is it, it's, all, it's on YouTube is uh, where I saw oh. it, on his channel. Uh, and he talked about... And that was one of the things he had talked about, like... The men mm-hmm. need to go and bring their weak friends, their friends who are looking for solidarity and frater- uh, fraternity and all of these things. They need to bring them in to the church. And wish friends. I like that. Yeah. Wish friends. Wish friends. Lastly, exhortation and direction. So, yeah. Exhortations. And Exhortations directions. and directions. And uh, so I think that's fairly self-explanatory, but... Um, mm. It sounds like it sounds like there's uh, in the notes that there is a exhortation and direction at the end of the sermon that Baxter gives when he gives the sermon. So this is basically a note for him at the end to say, let's now exhort and direct the congregation to respond, uh, to believe, to come to the gospel, to come to the wedding feast, believe in Jesus. Don't make light of Christ. There's a whole quote here. Um, we could read it, but, um, yeah, he says, I have delivered my message. The Lord open your hearts to receive it. I have persuaded you with the word of truth and soberness. The Lord persuade you more effectively or effectually or else all this is lost. Mm. Amen. And then it it says, Charles did not specify the content of exhortation and direction. And then there's a few other things, but, um, 
but it says Baxter offered this following exhortation at the end of his sermon. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. It's cool to keep in mind that these are sermons. Yeah. And they're providing some good talking points for us, but these were delivered to real people at a real place in time. I would trust that God used it. Mm-hmm. As he does. I would think so. Man, good stuff. I like that. Hopefully you guys were able to follow a little bit. It was yeah. a little more unscripted than normal, but... I think it was actually had a pretty good flow, though. I think so. And uh, God allowed us to have some good good talks. So, yeah. hope you were encouraged. Yeah, hope you guys were. So, you heard our intro to this episode mm-hmm. of all the things you need to do. But kind of like we said at the beginning, when Joel and I were talking, we really, really, really would love your intentional feedback yeah. on what you like, what you don't like, because, you know, he mentioned we're thinking about things. We're, we're trying to figure out how to be better at what we do. We want this to be a blessing for you guys. So don't hesitate at all. If it's bad criticism, um, as long as it's specific, we would love to hear it. So you can email us, Spurge, uh, podcast at spurgemaniacs.com. Yes. Good stuff. Until next time. And until next time, yada, yada, yada. Okay, bye. <laughs>